You're listening to Dramas of a Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Parma, and me. Perfect. That was actually perfect on the first take. Great Yay. job. Hi, I'm Saya. I'm Anissa. And I'm Parma. And we are here today for a spoiled yak on the 2019 Taiwanese drama Someday or One Day. And this episode is brought to you by our amazing patrons. Thank you, patrons. And the voice you heard at the beginning of this episode belonged to our dear friend, Gay Fangirl. Yay! Welcome! Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's me again. Hi. So glad to have you back. Thank you Very for coming. Excited. Thank you for having me. If you guys have not listened to our previous episode where uh, Kay Fangirl had joined us, we did an interview with her and her journey as like a premier fandom blogger <laughs> in the Asian drama space. Um, she is extremely prolific. Her writing is like famous around the fandom. And you guys should just know her. If you don't know her mm-hmm. yet, go read her blog, <laughs> listen to our interview and know her. She's also the reason uh, the three of us ended up watching this drama because we may just have missed it, except she hyped this up so much that we just could not. And uh, we did. And then we've been waiting to like finally get all of us together and have this discussion. So here we are. Yes. And also want to mention, Girl also joined me for our finale review ah. of Squid Game, oh, which yeah. it was just the two of us. Which is yes, probably that's why. right. I remember that. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So it's really good to have you back. Um, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. So I feel like a lot of people have seen this show, so we don't need to go like too much into the premise before we start discussing it. But just to kind of set it up, it's a time travel romance drama, and it's about I won't go into it in too much detail. Basically, you have this woman who is living in 2019, grieving her boyfriend who died a couple of years ago and somehow magically finds a way to go into the past and find someone find him or is it not him who is he that's the question <laughs> yeah and then we just keep having more questions and more questions and more <laughs> reveals um and it's a roller coaster so let's let's get into it one of the best things about this drama hands off is the fact that it does keep you guessing till almost mm. the last episode I, I never have this experience where I can't quite figure it. As soon as I'm like, I know exactly what's happening. The next episode, something else happens. And I'm like, no, wait, my theory was entirely wrong. How is this possible? I'm, I'm, I usually pride myself for figuring stuff out. And this drama just, it kept, kept on making my head spin. And that was great. It was fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I have to, if I don't mention my sister here, she's going to be mad. So I have to say, part of the reason that I watched this was because... I've been it's been on my list for a long time. My sister's been telling me to watch it like since 2020 when she watched it. Um, and so then I was telling her, I was like, oh, so before we started recording, K Fangirl was like, oh, Anissa, you weren't initially going to join us. What happened? <laughs> um, and I wasn't. They had originally scheduled this for last week. And I was like, oh, darn, like I missed my chance. And then it got canceled and rescheduled to this week. I was like, okay, now I'm going to watch it. And then I, on the weekend, I literally started watching it on the weekend. It's Thursday now. And I told my sister, I was like, they're going to do a recording on Thursday. Like, what do you think? She's like, yeah, sit down. We're watching it right now. So, so was it the read- first watch for your sister as well? No, no. no sorry. She's she told you to it. watch it. So she watched it a second time with you. Yes. Oh, and nice. I was 
it was hard because I knew that she knew everything and she like wasn't talking and usually we'll like speculate together on stuff but like kept asking her stuff and she was like but you don't actually want me to answer and I was like I know but I need someone exactly. to Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. My sister is also like a large part of the reason why I watched it now because she had just watched it mm. and then she kept going on at me for like weeks because I was in the middle of my perfect stranger and I had forced her to watch that I didn't force her to watch that she watched it because she didn't want to do her schoolwork and <laughs> and so like our rooms are separated by a wall and our doors are next to each other I'd be sitting in my room yelling hey what's this oh my god is it really happening and she's like should I tell you or should I not tell you and I'd be like don't tell me but is this the case <laughs> don't tell me but sometimes you don't want concrete answers exactly. you want speculation exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. yeah yeah exactly uh, that was the one thing that she couldn't give me and I was just so frustrated <laughs> okay but uh, I'm really glad that you watched it yes I'm so happy also so I could join this conversation. Yay. Yeah, My sister did missell it to me though because oh. I was like, I really want another time travel thriller and she was like, watch this. And I was like, but where's the murder mystery? I mean, and she was I like, mean actually it's a it romance. It did have a murder mystery. It does. But not the way my perfect stranger did. We'll get to, okay, we'll get well, to, we'll yeah, get to the murder because <laughs> I definitely have opinions on that. But before we get there, um, should, we, should we just kind of discuss the main the major characters and the and the cast before we get into like plot details okay so we've got three main characters and uh alice ke also known as ke jiayan she plays two characters huang yuxuan and chen yunru we've also got greg su also known as greg han and that's because his chinese name is xu guang han and so his family name is su but his Han that he uses is easier to pronounce and that's part of his given name. So Xu Guang Han and he plays Wang Xuansheng as well as Li Ziwei. And then we have Patrick Shi, who is also known as Shi Baiyu, who plays Mo Junjie. So these are our three main characters and they interact in various permutations over the course of our story. So good. That was very beautifully said. <laughs> I'm glad we asked you to do that. <laughs> Sussing and to the point. Exactly. Not us, not any of us three. That's yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, this is on, 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 on a tangent, but you guys know that I started doing voice notes for my patrons. So I think doing them has made me feel more comfortable talking, like mm. into a recording. Mm. So um, yeah, I started out actually trying to script what I was going to say and it at first, I thought that it was relatively, like, reasonably natural sounding, but later I actually just started just talking, um, and I realized it sounded really different. <laughs> so mm, now they get me just talking. And ideas flow talking. differently, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I do try to have a rough idea of, like, what are the main things that I want to talk about, but now I'm a lot more comfortable just kind of winging it, and mm. uh, I think it might be helping me out today. Amazing. So, you seem so. very relaxed. And uh -huh. Like you like you've got this. So No, I like, don't. I mean yeah. honestly, <laughs> I watched the drama so long ago that for this recording I tried to do a rewatch because I was like, my brain's just not in this space of this drama world. So starting mm. last night I tried to do a rewatch and of course the number <laughs> of hours nice. doesn't add up. Starting last night. Were you gonna watch twelve episodes and do an all night? <laughs> 
No, I, just, I watched like the first episode last night. Then I went to sleep, and this morning I woke up and I continued. Uh, but I haven't gone very far. Like finished six episodes, well. skipping skipping some parts, and um, yeah. <laughs> and then I went and read my review. <laughs> then I was like, Oh, right. Okay, I remember now. I reminded myself by reading my own review. <laughs> I've actually watched it twice because I did it for a group watch as well for uh, a year later for um, people who wanted episode notes. And mm. that was really fun. But I'm really surprised because I'm finding new things to that I'm realizing only now on my third watch. So, wow. yeah, that's, that's something mm. that I wanted to talk a little bit about later as well. But anyway, yeah. that's, sorry, that's the end of my tangent. <laughs> I don't know. No, you're literally here. We're here for your tangents. So oh, thank you. <laughs> don't be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think that also covers like our next question, which is, are you okay? <laughs> like having no, gone through the drama. But that question is so, so very much for Anissa. It really okay, is. Anissa? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I texted these guys in our uh, group chat. I texted Saya and Parama after I finished episode 10. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, there's something really shocking that happens in episode 10. And I was so angry. <laughs> um, yeah. And so upset. And my sister was like, because- I told you it was sad. I was like, what? I didn't sign Seriously, up for this. If, if if the drama wasn't so tightly plotted, I would have been really unhappy, like by by the you know final episodes of the drama. Because what is this? Why have you done this to me? <laughs> but that's what you know. We'll get to the yeah. ending, which I think is something a little bit different. But yeah, I just there were so many twists and turns, mm. and I was on board for them. And then like that murder happened, and I was just like, <sighs> yeah. I was like, I, I needed to go pet my cat after that. I needed a break. I yeah, couldn't handle it. It was, it was tough. I agree. That was really hard. But this is also kind of the point with uh, time travel dramas, right? Is that until it's over, like it's not over until it's over. You just have to mm. keep on going, mm-hmm. especially when you have like the, the kind of the time loop stories, which, mm. wait, we're allowed to say spoilers. <laughs> so, so, someday or one day is very much one of those iterative time loop stories, right? Mm. Like, it, as you keep watching, you realize we're on this like infinity loop and we're going around and around and around, but each loop is slightly different from the one before it. And like, you have landed in a particular loop and mm. you draw on the previous loop and you can scan forward to the mm. next loop. And that's where the mind screw is, right? Yeah. I think it was around episode eight, so pretty late in the series, when I finally realized this was not a simple one, you know, singular loop Mm. situation. Yeah, like even that moment of realization, right? Yeah. You're like, wait, 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 what? That, how is, how is this thing happening at the same at that (laughs) time? How is, right? You don't know that it's a time loop drama Mm. in the beginning. You think it's a mm. simple like time travel drama, but I mean, I, it, it feels more like a tri- time slip drama where it just happened right. one time, and it's yeah. it's a very fixed time slip. Like it's like nothing. Things change in the future, things change in the past, but it's like a single circle. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that that's not, and things have gone have fractured, and like how it's fractured is now the new question. And this is the great thing about this drama because like 
you so with any situation that is introduced um, as a romance setup as this drama um, is in the first two episodes you're like okay so this is a woman who's grieving her love this is a time slip drama so end of the drama you expect she, she finds her love him. and love comes yeah. back she saves him that's the story and you're like oh this is simple so that's what i'm watching and like then you keep watching and you're like i don't think this is going where i think it's supposed yeah. to go yeah like at every turn first you go back in time and you're like wait the ages don't match up so who is this what's going on like is it really him is it someone mm. else did he time travel you know, as well, I mean, it's, there's just like every layer just that keeps getting exposed is so good. And the smart thing is that the character doing the time traveling, which in this case is um, Yuzhuan, like she is the one who is initially doing the time traveling. She's asking all of the questions the audience is asking, like, somebody, like she, because she has traveled back in time. She has to now figure out how to come back to her own time. She's doing like experimenting to see what makes it happen. And then she meets this boy who looks very much like her boyfriend, but he's 10 years older than her boyfriend would have been at this age. So there's no way he is her boyfriend. So, but his personality matches his boyfriend so much, her boyfriend so much. So did he time travel to the future? But now he's, I don't know, pretending like what is happening? Like make and this make sense. And you're asking the question at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But usually in, in these kind of plots where you have the protagonist asking all the questions that the audience is asking, the plot is so thin that mm. those questions sort of fracture the, you know, suspension of disbelief. And you're like, well, yeah, exactly. And then the, the suspense falls. That doesn't happen with this drama. Like because the question has been asked, the drama is then like, well, you know, here is one version of the answer. Here's another version of the answer. And now you have more questions. Okay, Franco, you haven't said anything <laughs> Jump right in, please. I'm just like enjoying like the brains exploding everywhere sort of moment that we're having. <laughs> right. It's just very endearing. <laughs> I, I just really, really love this drama. And I love it for how smart it is. Um, and it's so tight without actually coming across like it's trying to be cool mm. you know there's some dramas mm. that feel a bit try hard like they're trying really hard to be cool i'm trying so hard to blow your mind i'm trying so hard to steal your heart i'm trying so hard to be better than the others and mm. um this one manages to do all of the above without actually looking like it's trying yeah. like it just is cool and it's off-handed casual kind of raw and unpolished typical Taiwanese drama way it just mm. is what it is and it just happens to be amazing and it just happens to leave all of the other dramas in its wake far behind in its wake and it doesn't even seem to care about that like doesn't seem to like take the time to preen or anything it's just like I'm just being who I am and that's what I love about this drama it's so unapologetically itself doesn't try to be non-Taiwanese. It doesn't try to be different from other Taiwanese dramas. Like it's very quintessentially Taiwanese in many ways. And it's Can, actually kind of Would you of raw mind explaining and... that a little bit more as well? Because I'm actually very curious about this. Like what, as a Taiwanese drama, in what way is it set apart from say, how a K-drama or a C-drama would do this, a similar kind of story? Although that is also a thing we're going to talk more oh, about later. bit hard to explain. I will try. But like I have... Okay, so for context, I've watched mostly K-dramas. So I am no expert in Taiwanese dramas. And I think I might have... I probably have watched more 
farmers from mainland China than Taiwan. So I'm no expert whatsoever. That's my disclaimer. But generally speaking, I feel like um, there is a certain raw realness in Taiwanese dramas that it just doesn't care about being polished. Whereas you see K-dramas wanting to be polished. Mm. You know, like there's a mm. lot of polish in K-dramas, like King the Land, super polished, perfectly packaged, all of the amazing scenery, all of the perfect line delivery. Everyone's, you know, gorgeous and with perfect hair and makeup and so on. So that's very, I see that as quite typical of K-dramas. Not all K-dramas like that, but many are. And Taiwanese dramas don't have that. It's like very yeah. down to earth. Like you see the production values are more basic. Um, you can, so for example, in Chinese dramas, like, and also I think in Korean dramas, like they use filters a lot where everyone looks oh, like so very airbrushed and beautiful, you know. Face blurring. And yeah, I know, Para, you did like uh, a short or something, a reel or something where you talked about like pause. Oh, 19 Life, right? where you talked yeah. about how like uh, Shin Hyeson's character wasn't allowed to have pause. Um, but I was just re-watching <laughs> a little bit of um, Someday or One Day today. And I realized that, for example, um, Yunru's mother, who's uh, working mm. at the bar, like you can see all of her pause. Mm. And, and that's true of anybody like who's on screen. It's just very unvarnished. And mm. it's very unapologetically unvarnished. It's like, I don't need to prove myself yeah. to you I just am so I really yeah. like that and it's um, and you actually also see a lot of polish I think in many Chinese dramas from mainland China um, like Hidden Love which I recently really liked actually uh, it's just I good. like that too. Yeah, yeah it's like but it's it's different uh, so okay it's different, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say I really love K-dramas and I really love Chinese dramas like I'm not saying like like Taiwanese dramas are better or anything but this is I think to answer the question, this is one thing that I think really sets Taiwanese dramas apart. And also, I think part of it, part of this unvarnishedness is how they also often break into the Taiwanese dialect. Um, I'm not mm. sure whether international viewers who don't speak Chinese would be able to pick up on this, but in... They wouldn't almost can all... confirm. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen a lot in Some Day or One Day, but it does happen a little bit. So mm. I, I guess you could say it's kind of like having people speak Saturi all of a sudden um, and international viewers might not be able to pick up on this uh, but it is there it is there and because like the Taiwanese dialect is I think kind of in a way you could compare it to Saturi because it's uh, typically associated with people who are less educated, who are who live in the countryside. Uh, this is something that's typically spoken among the older generation more than the younger generation. Uh, it's something that's spoken more often in like markets rather than department stores, for example. So you can sort of make that um, equation, I, I guess you could. Um, and so in Taiwanese dramas, the Taiwanese dialect is often kind of uh, is there. Sometimes characters will break into it and then go back to speaking Mandarin. And um, that's not typically something that I see in dramas from mainland China, where it's all Mandarin. And then in Korean dramas, we do see that sometimes, but it's not, um, I don't sort of receive it the same way because it feels 
like there are certain dramas that do it and then there's certain mm-hmm. dramas that don't you know there's certain dramas yeah. that it's like all very like soul city and stuff like that um whereas like only when you have like characters who live in the countryside and then suddenly like the saturi comes out and stuff right whereas or they've here, come to the big city and everyone's like oh you have yes, an accent yes, it's like yes, a big, exactly, major exactly. plot point yeah exactly exactly, it is exactly. Being whereas, yes so in the taiwanese dramas it isn't um sort of like a major plot point or anything it just is part of how they talk yeah yeah so that's yeah. one of the things i really ag- I really agree with you, K-Fan Girl, because I watched I haven't watched a lot of Taiwanese dramas recently, but I know I watched a lot of them when I like first got into um, East Asian dramas. Um, and I think I was wondering, I think the last thing I watched, the last Taiwanese drama I actually watched was actually like Office Girls. Oh, I haven't seen also that with Alice Ka. Uh, yeah, and I was because I when I started watching this, I was like, wait, I know this actress because I wasn't expecting to know anyone because it's been so long since I've seen a Taiwanese drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I love her. But I think one of the things I was wondering, because it was a 2019 drama, is like, is this also going to be really polished? Because I feel like K-dramas have progressively gotten more mm-hmm. polished as they've mm-hmm. gotten like more prestige and there's more money in them. And like, if you go back and watch something from like 2005 or something, it definitely has more of that raw, naturalistic yes. quality that you're talking about. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so have Taiwanese dramas changed in this way, too? And I think they definitely have obviously improved in, like, the way they're filmed and, you know, production value and stuff. But you're right. It, it retains that feeling of naturalness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some K-dramas that have that vibe, but it's not that many, for sure. Yeah, it's I think not that's their like just typical way of, of presenting themselves. Yeah. yeah. The aesthetic is such a big part of what makes a K-drama a K-drama. And they're very conscious of that, I think, when they make them. And the other thing that I noticed in terms of differences between something that um, sets someday uh, apart from other time travel dramas, especially of other um, industries, is uh, the mood, but also how the characters are... um, presented like for instance with gay dramas you often have like cliffhangers happening when you have some like major uh thing that the leads did like a heroic moment a cinematic boom thing and um in someday the cliffhangers are often uh the worst thing ever happened to the heroes and they had no control over it and that's it that's the boom you get <laughs> and it's it's like it's it's the helplessness of the heroes more than anything well okay i will add to that because it's not yeah. always the case that is true particularly in the later episodes but i will say that in the earlier episodes because i just watched them and it's fresh on my mind in the <laughs> earlier episodes the ending of the episode is not so much of a cliffhanger but more of a reveal so for example mm-hmm. in episode 1 what I thought was really interesting was how they set it up so that we as an audience believe that the girl in the record shop is actually Yu Xuan when she was in high school. And yeah. part of the reason we believe this, and I only noticed it today, starting episode one for the first time. No, sorry, yesterday, starting episode one for the, for the <laughs> third time. I can't talk. Um, is that in the first few minutes, you actually have a voiceover by Yu Xuan. And obviously, she's talking from a vantage point of already knowing her boyfriend and like, you know, like missing him and so on. But the scenes that this is laid over are a mashup of scenes of her 
time traveling in Yunru's body and interacting with Li Ziwei, as well as scenes of her interacting with her boyfriend as Wang Chensheng. So they actually mash up the the uh, flashbacks. So that's part of the reason where when we get to the end of episode one, well, I was convinced fully that the girl in the record shop was her. And so at the end of episode one, it's not a cliffhanger, it's a reveal where the boys go back into the shop and ask the girl, what's your name? And she says, Chen Yunru. And then I was like, whoa, what just happened? And that's where, you know, the episode mm. ends, you know. And then in episode yeah. two, she gets into this whole accident, right? And so she spends the entire episode coming to terms with the fact that, oh, I had this long and complicated dream, you know, and I'm actually Chen Yunru. This is my family. This is my brother. These are my friends. I go to school, etc. And I started fully buying into that, you know, like on my first watch, I was like, yeah, yeah, she must be, you know, like this. This is the only way it makes sense. And then at the end of the episode, she wakes up in Wang Yuxian's body and is like, whoa, what just happened? So that was not exactly a cliffhanger, but more like a reveal, mm. you know, to say, to give me one more piece of the puzzle. Like, you don't know the full story. Of course you don't. But here's another piece of the puzzle. Do what you will with it. And of course, what I did was press on episode three. Like, I need to know what's Absolutely. going on. It, yeah. it, it's, it's nearly impossible to, like, stop. When, when you, I had to stop mid-episode most of the time. Otherwise, I wasn't, like, stopping. But right. every time I was like, let me finish the episode, the, you cannot stop when the episode ends. You have to stop bang in the middle when it's, like, slows down for, yeah. like, a second. You have to but be like, so oh, stop now. It's so hard. Like, things it are is. happening on your screen and you're like, I'm going to stop now. It's, it's actually... You have a lot of yeah. It never gets slow. There are no slow moments. There are no draggy moments. So you don't. There's like no good I, stopping point. No, that that is not true. You don't agree now, with that, guys. Every time, especially in the uh, first two three episodes, they had those office scenes. I was like, <laughs> just why couldn't they cut all of this out? I mean, it you needed them for context. You needed you know context for her adult life. But oh my god. I mean, Why? there's there very few of those. There were close to the beginning. <laughs> I will also interject a little bit to say that this is also very quintessentially Taiwanese. No. The Taiwanese dramas that I've watched that have office scenes, nine out of ten of them have office scenes that vibe like this. Like very cartoony, Ugh. kind of slapsticky, very larger than life characters. The comedy is very broad. Yeah. Um, and so that, I think, part of what makes it quintessentially Taiwanese as well. But you know what was surprising was that the same office setup, which initially seemed so campy and just it, it just seemed like really poorly written side characters who were just interacting. I mean, they were there for the sake of being there um, and making really poor jokes uh, about a woman who's lost her boyfriend two years back. It's like, what is what is going on? However, this this same setup was used so well a couple of episodes later when her boss sits her down and is like, I don't think you have recovered yet. You're not you're not the woman you used to be before you went through this tragedy. You're not pursuing your career the same way. You were just piecing off and, and sitting at your desk for hours at office and not you haven't even, you know, uh, switched on your computer yet. Maybe you need time. Maybe you need closure. I wasn't expecting that conversation to happen in that space where I had been previously shown like really campy scenes of like AI models and VR, like the worst versions of all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but it, they really used it well. And I felt like the writing and the plotting and the piecing progressively got better. After the first two episodes, I felt like each episode one-upped 
themselves. So it, it was never a moment where like you start feeling like the downward decline. That just mm -hmm. never happened for me. I just felt like cinematically, the way the editing was done, there was this um, scene midway through the series where you're seeing the perspective of the real uh, Wang uh, Kishing. Um, and he is, you know, the young teenage boy in school. And he's going through something awful before he goes to the sea. And the way all of that was done in like filmed in montage, but also completely silent. Mm. And like the dialogues were typed out on screen and beautiful. And his own music was playing. Like you could tell that that track was his track. That music was selected just for him. And that was perfect. Mm. I just, it was an entire short story in, in that space. So, and then they moved on and it was, it all seamlessly blended with what comes next. Um, which is when <laughs> Li Wei finds himself, you know, waking up underwater in, yeah. Uh, I just, it's just so much of it just stays with me and I think of different moments in the drama and I'm like, how did they, how did they do this? And that made me feel so much and I'm still digesting. But that's honestly one of my favorite things about the show is that it engages you so holistically. Like your brain's in overdrive trying to figure out everything, but that doesn't take away from the show's ability to get under your skin and steal your heart as well. And I think that's really special because in my own experience anyway, like when I come across a show that really requires me to really figure things out, it tends to lose me on the emotional level. So I don't know if you recall Nine, Nine Times Travel. I think that mm. was like a... I do. Yeah. That was really long ago. Ten, ten years ago, roughly. Like, yeah. I remember, remember that show being like really, um, very intricately plotted and that I had to mm. spend a lot of brain juice trying to figure out what was going on, who was affecting what and how did that affect the different timelines, etc., etc. But at the same time, I felt myself being very disconnected emotionally from the characters. Like, I didn't actually feel very strongly for any of the characters and I thought that was on me you know it's like oh maybe I just can't multitask like maybe like if my brain has to work that hard my heart just checks out I thought and then this drama comes along and it's like my brain is in overdrive but my heart's in overdrive and I'm just like <laughs> oh I love it all you know it's, it's so I think it's so special for being able to do that that's true you know you say that about nine but just very quickly, Nine was the drama that drove me to participate in K-drama fandom. I was just dead. But also, you're correct about the flaw, because the flaw of Nine was that Ejinuk's character, the male lead, was mm. very, like, you were there for that character. But it had, like, it sort of failed in its casting of the female lead. And you couldn't, like, she wasn't a character you really cared about except in relation to him. And I think the difference here between how that show worked with your emotion and how this show works with your emotions is that all of the characters absorb you in Someday or One Day. You mm. have feelings mm -hmm. about all of them and they're complicated feelings. Mm -hmm. And you've, uh, Kefango, you've put in some really interesting questions here for us and I, I want you to tell us first if you would be so gracious. Um, okay, well, so I can't take credit for these questions. So I don't know if you followed my... Uh, because I also got a chance to see the Someday or One Day movie. Mm -hmm. And 
I actually did a joint review with two of my readers, Elaine and MC. And so in preparing for this podcast, but partly because like my brain was so not in the someday or one day space, like I'm supposed to be writing my King the Land review. Um, and so I, you know, text both of them and said, is there anything that you, you guys feel really should be brought up in this podcast? Because you guys love the show as much as I do. And so Elaine came up with a couple of questions. And so the first question is, which character did you identify most with? And her follow-up question to this, which I think is quite an interesting one, is how do you feel towards Inru? Like, do you sympathize with her or were you frustrated with her? Mm. I deeply sympathized with her. I was I, frustrated I just... with her too. <laughs> I was both. Yeah. Go on, please. Were you? The thing, this is what I mean about the complicated feelings, is that you feel one thing and then... Just as that emotion is kind of reaching its spike and like you've pulled it as tight as you can pull it and you're like nearly done with someone and then it comes and hits you and you're like, oh, actually, I'm with you. And it kept doing that, particularly with her character. Mm. And that's part of, I think, the craft of a really, the crafting of a really good character is that it can take you through these highs and lows of emotions and how you feel about them that you can at times deeply sympathize and at times deeply be frustrated but also at times be both mm. like you feel for her and you're angry and you're annoyed and you're frustrated and you're like but the poor girl right and all of it kind of comes together in a, an emotion soup and that's part of the right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes I have something to say in response but I want Forma to go first because you had something to say um, I, actually I think um so I said it better than I could have. I had a lot of sympathy for her. But again, like you said, it was like complicated feeling, almost like it was feelings for a real person because she was fleshed out so well. Mm -hmm. And something that I was startled by and, and just felt so happy about uh, pretty much from the very start of the conundrum, like the time travel uh, thing sequence that happened. She was never abandoned or forgotten. Like initially when uh, Yuzhuan went back and was in her body basically and was sharing her memories and stuff. You didn't have a Mr. Queen situation where the actual owner of the body just like, I don't know, blipped out from existence oh. and then was later on like grandfathered in. But here her existence was there throughout, visually shown to us in a beautiful, almost like a metaphorical set. Like it was, she was existing, she was experiencing mm -hmm. and she was seeing um, Yuzhuan's memories, just like Yuzhuan had access to hers. It's, mm. you know, it, mm. it was so, I love that. And also the fact that the drama never once just abandoned the character just because, you know, you have the protagonist flitting, you know, back and forth. And, and it also didn't it, emotionally abandon the character. Exactly. Yes, yes. exactly. Which is really important. Right. But at the same time, what you realize as a viewer, which, and I mean, this drama is so smart. I mean, and the way it does character is so good. But like, you are kind, the reason that I never felt, I mean, I can understand what might be frustrating about Yunru, but I didn't find her frustrating because there's this moment of realization that Yushuan has close to the end where 
you are also having that moment of realization because yes, the drama never forgets about her. Yushuan never necessarily forgets about her, but she has taken over this girl's life and mm-hmm. done some really significant things. Maybe it wasn't that sh- long of a period, but some of the most like dramatic and important things that have happened to her in her life happened during that period, and she wasn't able to have any agency. And so mm-hmm. as viewers who have been rooting I mean, you are in Yushan's corner, right? You are rooting for her to have a happy ending with uh, Chen Cheng or Zue or whoever it is that you just want her to have a happy ending. And like at a certain point as a viewer, like you don't really care who has to pay the price for it. And then you're kind of like brought up short by the drama who's, that is like, wait a minute. What about like, what's the price? Like who's paying the mm-hmm. price here? What about this girl mm-hmm. who's like 17, 18 years old and like, now she has to hear from everybody in her life that they liked her better when she was literally mm, being inhabited by somebody else. Yeah. You know? Yes. And someone who's already kind of suicidal at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was just so... And so, like, you as a viewer having that sort of self-reflection at the same time that yeah. Yushan is, which is so, like, such good writing. Just so, so good. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's very true. And also... They actually do this through a character, like you know her uh, Yunru's uncle, who says to her, knowing she's Yushan, that what happens after you leave her body? Like, mm. what about my niece who's left behind? Don't make a mess of her life. Don't like, don't do something that she can't carry on living with. Like, this isn't your life. Like, this idea that this just because you're here doesn't mean it's yours. Mm. And so another so smart thing about that is like he doesn't actually believe that she's time right. traveled. She's, he's just like, this is the most <laughs> logical way to get through someone who thinks that they've time traveled and there's someone else who's like, thinks she's mentally ill. <laughs> he's trying to help her not fail out of school while she's having this episode. I love that character yeah, so much. Yeah, so that that was so great. That thing was actually yeah, specifically about her studies, like wanting her to like apply yeah. herself to her studies. I love the uncle so yeah. much. Yushuan is like, I'm 27 years old. I don't want to go to school. Again, I'm just gonna stay in my room all day, listening to music, writing in my and diary. Her mom's too scared of her now to like scold her. So I'm just like, let's approach this differently. I love this guy. Seriously, the uncle was so great. He was. I actually thought it was very, very bittersweet. Um, because the the thing is, it's when Yushun is in Inu's body that the family dynamics improves and the relationships between mm. her, the brother, and the mother actually improves. And that's so bittersweet mm. because it is so, like, I felt like, wow, that's so heartwarming to see, like, the siblings getting along and he's, like, actually opening up to his sister and the mom's, like, all cheery-eyed about them all eating breakfast together again. But the thing is, that's not Yushin. I mean, that is Yushin. It's not mm. Inu. And mm. poor Inu, right? Like, mm. yeah. yeah. You, you, like, on the one hand, I was like, this is so nice. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, no, you know? Yeah. What about you, Nuru? Yeah. 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 I think this is also what's clever in the writing, right? That it makes you feel like conflict with yourself, like what Anissa was saying. Mm. You are forced Mm. to confront your own, uh, like, pattern of thoughts and where you've gone with your feelings. And you're like, hold on. I'm not Mm. okay either. Like, why Mm. did I think what I thought? Mm. And so the drama that makes you sort of assess your own processes in in that sense, I think is a very, very, like, 
that's quite a unique thing for a drama to be able to do. Not many mm. do that. And it's mm. kind of meta too, right? Like, uh, K-Fangirl, you asked, your first question was actually, um, who did you identify with the most? Mm -hmm. And I think the drama is also subtly commenting on the fact that, like, Yushan is that sort of stereotypical female lead character. Mm -hmm. You know, she's feisty. She's very personable. She has a lot of friends. But, you know, like she has some flaws, but they're not like, I mean, she has a little bit of a temper, like, and she's impulsive, but I mean, they're not like real flaws. And then you have this other girl who's like an introvert. She's kind of gloomy. She doesn't have any friends. Nobody really likes her. Um, she struggles to express herself. She's very sad. She's very, very sad. Um, and then it's kind of meta in the in dramas asking, like, so why are you only identifying with this person who like fits into this box of like who we think is a a deserving female lead. Mm. What about this other girl? Doesn't she also deserve to be the lead, female lead of her own life? Right. And mm. so I think that's just really smart. I really loved how they used uh, Mo Jin Jae, um, mm. like mm. through his eyes, as you know, as um, Eiji Wei is falling in love with Yushuan, um, you have Mo Jin Jae kind of falling Morning. out of love because yeah. he's like, you're not, you're not the one that I was drawn to. Like, yeah. what, what happened? Why don't I feel that way towards you anymore? And he doesn't know that she's gone, so he can't like know to mourn. But he's also just sad about it. Yeah. And it's not he likes her, but it's not that. And he's processing those feelings. I just thought that was that was like a really lovely way of reminding us of. Um, Yunru's absence mm. when everything else that's happening is completely about uh, Yuzhuan and Ijiwei and, and, and their romance. Mm -hmm. And you have, then you have um, Mojinji's like really sad gaze yes. watching yeah. everything. And just, by the way, this, this boy, this actor, I was just so impressed Amazing. with him. Because he's got a very quiet character, right? Yes. I, I was... He did such a great job. And whose corner am I in in this drama? I was in Mojinji's corner. It's true. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. He, he was the subject uh, of most of my shouted conversations with my sister. And she was like, yeah, he doesn't get happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought it was um, quite interesting, actually. And it's a thought that I only had today. So it's not something that I've like, previously like talked about or anything. But it just occurred to me today that... Mo Junjie and Chen Yunru, they're both very, very similar in that they've both dealt with a lot of rejection in their life. Like she's been mm -hmm. rejected by her family or she feels that she's been rejected by her family and by her friends. And Mo Junjie has felt some of this before because of his hearing disability. So he knows what it's like. And so he that's the reason that he's drawn to her. But I found it very interesting that she's actually not like, so I felt like, so he was drawn to her because they were alike. But the reason that she was drawn to Li Ziwei is because he was different. Mm -hmm. Like she wrote in her diary about how like he's, you know, he, he's shining so brightly that she can't take her eyes away from him and so on. So it felt like not like she wanted to connect with someone who was like her. It felt like it was coming from a place of not wanting to be herself. Like I don't want mm -hmm. to be like this and that's why I'm drawn to someone who is the absolute opposite of how I see myself. Right. She she described herself as the 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 dimmest, dimmest star, star in, in the, the galaxy. In the yeah. galaxy. Mm -hmm. And that no one would see her, but the irony is Mo Jie only sees her. You know? And yeah. and yet because she dislikes herself so much, I feel that that's why she also isn't drawn to Mo Jie because he's so much like her. That's why she's drawn to Li Ziwei for being so different from herself. I think that's part of the unconscious thing about wanting to 
disassociate herself from being this like quiet, reserved, dimmest star in the universe mm. sort of a thing. And uh, I just thought that was interesting because it's yeah. true. We're usually drawn to people who are quite similar to ourselves. And it's interesting also, there's that scene where she's trying to die because she feels like there's nothing left for her in this life now that Yushuan has basically like taken over everything and nobody wants her, even more so than she felt like nobody wanted her before. Um, and Mo Jindia is trying to say, no, like, I see you. I want you. You're the one that I want. I don't want Yushuan. And for her, it's like, but you only wanted to rescue me. So instead of seeing, like, he sees it as him identifying with her and finding that commonality. But for her, she's like, sees it kind of as pity. And she doesn't mm. want pity. And I thought that was also, like, so well written in the sense of, like, when somebody is in that kind of headspace where they're so depressed and they're, you know, like, it's really hard. Like, you cannot convince someone out of that, you know? Like, mm. when somebody is, like, mentally ill, like, you can't just mm. have a good conversation with them and there's something like, oh, yeah. you're right. I do. You know, I should. I shouldn't think about this anymore. Like, it's not that simple. You can in a K-drama, then. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, in a K-drama, <laughs> you can tell a suicidal person, don't die. And then they completely give it up. <laughs> that happens. But I, I mean, I love that Sunder one day acknowledges that because like, and Yushin understands this because she's like, we saved her this time, but like, we don't know what's going to happen in the future because she mm -hmm. knows like, it's not something where you like save somebody's life one time and they're suddenly mm -hmm. not, you know, suicidal anymore. Like, mm -hmm. that's just not how it works. Um, it's a long journey of healing. Mm. So I appreciated that. Yeah. So did I. Um, so our core romantic there mm. <laughs> um wait we have a we had a question here was it one of your friends questions where where um we basically asked like if they were too perfect yes yes so <laughs> there were there were two more questions aside from the first two questions that i read out i just stopped reading them because i thought you know it would be better to split it up but the third question was like what are your feelings towards yushin and Zoe? were they like too perfect and happy particularly if you were in the camp that sympathized strongly with Inru, like did their happiness actually mm. get on your nerves? And then the fourth question uh, from Elaine is, what plot point would you change and why? I want to hear your thoughts about this first, Kay Fan, bro. Mm. My thoughts on? Which, These two questions. On both questions. Were they too perfect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. you could take one. <laughs> the first one, let's focus on the first one. Yeah. So yeah, what are you feelings one. towards our main uh, romantic couple? I was very much on board with this romantic couple. I, I think I'm, I seldom suffer from second lead syndrome. Like I somehow find it quite easy to like get on board with what the writer wants to present as like the main pairing and the main journey of these two characters. So I was very much on board with their journey. Yeah, I thought it was epic on both sides because like Yushin was pining for Chen uh, Sheng so, for so long and missing him in such an acute manner even after he had died for two years and then Zui, oh goodness, like everything that he went through in order to be there for her like he basically waited 15 years in the shadows so that like she, she would have the time to meet him as Chen Sheng and go back in time to meet him as Zui first. And I think that's just pretty epic. So I don't actually think that they were mm, too happy or too perfect, actually. Like in various ways, they, they were also suffering, just mm. in a different manner. And uh, I guess they were just more expressive.
um, in general, like when it came to the friend group, like these two characters were more outspoken than Yunru and more definitely also more outspoken than Junjie. So maybe in a sense, there were times when they were a little pushy. There, there were times when they were um, like they didn't take into account the quieter characters' feelings. Um, but I didn't personally feel that they were too pa- too, too perfect or too happy. Mm. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I I think to your point, they they did have times when they were like impulsive or or didn't take into account certain things. But I mean, that's what makes them not perfect and like more realistic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you said it so well. I, have, I really have nothing to add. Saya, <laughs> <laughs> you did say it so well, but that never stops me from adding something. <laughs> oh please! I think that if your question is like, were they too perfect and too happy? When you have gone through that much pain, there's no such thing as too perfect and too happy. And like the pain was the drama, right? Like that mm-hmm. visceral, deep, heart-crushing pain is the the note that underlies the entire drama, right? Like it's all about how much it hurts. Like the mm. grief of her initial loss, which you're made to feel like from the beginning. But then the thing that is very unique to like time travel stories is the impossibility of being together. Like that longing across time. That's something that is like it's not an emotion that you can really feel in the real world, except, you know, in terms of like the grief of losing someone because they've passed away. But like that someone exists in the past or someone exists in the future and that you can briefly be with them through this mechanism of time travel or transmigration, um, like they're forever out of reach. And to be able to find a way to be together through that, that's that's a very hard one, very impossible kind of happiness. So, no, I don't think they were too happy. If anything, at some points, I thought they were too unhappy. So, you know, like... (laughs) I yeah. mean, we've we're we've discussed full spoilers. So, I mean, when he when he dies again at the episode at the end of episode ten, um, I was just like, I, haven't these two suffered enough? Like they literally just found each other <laughs> like know, the day right? before. I was like, they couldn't have a week to spend together. I mean, he can't even walk properly. He's already suffered so much. Oh my right? god! Right. He waited so long yeah. for her in the shadows. Like he's been waiting for her this. Hold, oh my god, I was just so upset. I was so upset. I was devastated. I, I, I was. I could that. not believe my eyes when it happened. I mean, it's like he's already physically handicapped from his accident. And then here comes this guy who just bludgeons him to death. It's like hitting a puppy, right? Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah so so hard i actually have a plot point that i would like to change i know we've been talking about um things that we love about the drama and i think i love everything else about the show um but i want to hear what y'all think about this because the the murderer stuff like really did not work for me like the psychopath like he's a kid and he's a psychopath and yeah, it was incredibly dark in a way that felt like whiplash to me with the rest of the show. But also, like, I don't understand why this dude from the future would want to time travel back into his brother's body because of this girl that, like, he saw pictures of once when he was, like, six. And why he would 
only be a danger to people in the past, but somehow, like, in the future, he's never tried to do anything to anyone. Like, why is he so hell-bent on going into the past? Like, he doesn't even have anything. I don't know. It was very weird. I didn't... It didn't make sense to me. I thought it was, like, totally unnecessary because the real conflict is, uh, you know, like, Chen Yunru's life being taken over by Huang Yushen and then her having to be, like, but... How, you know, like that whole scene where she's like at the end where where she's confronted by, you know, like when she takes her body back and, you know, like that whole conflict beginning from when she comes back into her body to the end, like all of that was so good and so heart wrenching and so perfectly done. And that was like enough for me. I didn't need this like random serial killer coming back and doing things. And I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Like, why is he so attached to her? I, I don't know. Like, it, none of that worked for me. And I didn't think it was necessary. Like, if they needed her to get into an accident for the time travel to happen, I mean, she originally was in a car accident. Like, they could have done it in so many other ways. I just, I really didn't like that. It felt kind of like a reverse MacGuffin. But, like, because the plot, like, the real villain to me is, it's basically that cassette. <laughs> really nice song. <laughs> Yeah, great. So why does it exist? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's it's a it's a it's the fact that at the time it, it's it's that the time travel itself to me was the real villain of the plot. It caused more grief than you know. Every time they thought they could solve things, make it better, it seemed to just make things worse. But you know, it's almost like. Um, there is this clean spinning wheel and a speck of dust gets in and creates scratches. And um, that's what the serial killer was. The serial killer himself wasn't, the psychopath himself wasn't very important. He was just that speck of dust that got in. And so it, it just, it's a device. He wasn't the main villain. He wasn't He, he was a device. I mean, like uh, mm -hmm. the presence of the threat of murder actually mm -hmm. added that layer of urgency to all of their actions in 1998 and 99 where they were like trying to figure out like who was the killer because if they didn't move fast enough then you know like Yushin herself could be killed in Yunru's body and so on um but yeah it really was very dark I found it uncomfortable to watch but it also kind of surprised me that the drama was willing to go that dark yeah I like the visualization of his perspective like his from the very beginning, whenever they showed his point of view, mm -hmm. the visualization was deeply uncomfortable, but it mm. was new. Like something I noticed about this drama was their willingness to use different types of editing mm -hmm. um, methods to, if they need to show distortion of reality, the way they would show it. Like they did a really good, uh, this is a tiny bit technical, but like when they were showing uh, us his perspective, they had the character, the people he was watching, they masked those people out. They kept the reality perfectly normal. They just put a, a sort of a filter, a wave filter that went through the people he was watching. So the reality stayed normal around them, but the, his focus, the people he was focused on, were distorted. Mm -hmm. the, the way he saw them was distorted. It was it was re really smart editing that mm. was also metaphorical. And I really like that the drama kept using these methods because mm -hmm. to me that really added to the experience instead of letting it just be, ooh, psychopath killer has like perverse ways of viewing the world. It's I, 
I liked the way they presented it. That mm-hmm. that elevated what otherwise would have been a throwaway device. I guess mm. you're right. You know, like that's true, Forma, and also K Fan Girl. I agree that the threat of murder did give it that sense of urgency. I just don't think that the murderer had to come from the future. <laughs> you know, and also he had no personality. He like, was the, just, everybody else had such great personality. Yeah, he had nothing. It was just you know? poorly written in otherwise such a well written drama that it was very noticeable to me. Sorry. You know, it occurs to me that, to go back to what Barama said about him being a speck on the wheel, I wonder if he was never part of the the original loop and he just sort of accidentally landed himself on the loop much later. Like, maybe this was the first time or one of Ooh. the few mm, occasions. Like, he might not have been an original feature. And, you That's know, the loop changes. The other yeah. thing that frustrated me about his character, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I feel like Go ahead. Uh, the other thing that frustrated me is like the way that uh Yushuan like goes to him, tells him everything, and then like he comes to her house. He, oh, she God, like yes. welcomes him into her house. I'm like, what are you oh, doing? Yeah. Like No, yeah. but she trusts him because he's her psychiatrist. I guess. That's creepy. But, but I was like, she already knows. That's true, but at the point where she tells him all this, she already knows that he is in the past and he has some kind of link to this and she thinks that his brother is the murderer. So even if she thinks that his brother is a murderer, I don't think it's smart to trust him that yeah, no, much. It, you wasn't know? Smart. Like, it wasn't smart, but I could understand why she would trust him because she trusted him before all of this happened and, yeah. you know, like... Basically, she like this, sees him as like... The relationship was already there. Yeah, the relationship was already there. And the relationship is one where she tells him things, you know, and then mm-hmm. he helps to like bring her through. So he has actually apparently brought her through her grief and like her processing of Chen Sheng's death and so on. So they already have an established trust relationship. And there was, I guess, like a force of habit, I suppose. Like mm-hmm. she's used to trusting this person. And so she just continued to trust him. Of course, yeah. as viewers, we're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> but, you know, from her point of view, um, she thought that he was one of the people that she could trust with her innermost secrets. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I was just so frustrated by it. <laughs> I know, like, he's he's not he's not my favorite character at all. And he doesn't have any dimension, so he's really a bit of a paper cutout. Just very one-note psychopath. Yeah. But I will say that the twist of him turning out to be, you know, like someone from, like, the twist actually makes it such that chronologically he's the first one to time travel. Like, he time traveled before Yu Xuan first time traveled because mm. he was on the scene um, attacking Yun Ru. And then only after that did Yushin arrive in Yunru's body. So mm-hmm. that kind of blew my mind because, like, I just totally didn't see that coming. Agree that he's a plot device, etc. But, like, that was a twist that I really did surprise me. And uh, yeah, I give credit to the show for pulling out another twist that surprised me. But, you know, maybe I'm I'm just, like, so primed to like this show. Like, it was a doing everything so well and my mind's everywhere you know because it's like wow there's this twist and wow there's this other twist and like didn't really <laughs> process it too hard if you have the stomach for it K-Fern girl this is a very dark show but dark <laughs> the uh, German time travel thriller there's a lot of sort of um, time travel mechanic similarity 
between Dirk and someday or one day, or not oh. mechanics, but like the loop business. Okay. Um, I can't really say anything about it without spoiling I it. I understand. It's basically, I mean, like, you can't also say much about this show without spoiling it. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Even saying that it's similar has spoiled yeah. it. I went into it completely <laughs> blind. I, I was like, there are humans in it. That's right, like that. you read the synopses, you read the synopses and you're like, I just cannot understand what this means. I read the synopsis good. so many times and I was just like, I don't understand why I want to watch this. But in this case, that's good. <laughs> and then afterwards you realize it's because you just can't describe it simply or yeah. in a way that makes sense without giving everything away. Yeah, agree. No, but you know, I, it just, it. It never feels to surprise me. I've been thinking about this for days now. How this drama, because we have talked about this so much, how inevitably, because drama runs um, any, like, slightly longer dramas, 12 episodes, 16 episodes, you know, those, they tend to really drop the ball in the second half. And granted, we usually say this about K-dramas. Chinese dramas, I will give you, usually tend to pick up speed in the second half. First half are just set up for like 30 episodes. But here, it's a time travel drama. It's a thriller. It, it's, you know, it, it's making your brain whirl. You would think that people would get tired waiting for answers. But I think the smartest thing about this drama is that it makes you believe Every episode is giving you answers. What it doesn't tell you is that it's one of many answers. Mm. And you only realize that you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, way late in the drama. It's, it's just so smart, guys. And one of the best ways it does is how it centers the romance. Like, it tells you that the story is about the romance. So, as so long as you're seeing the romance play out, the time travel, the, uh, let's assume it's a single loop time travel. So long as you're seeing that play out the way you thought it would play out, and it does. Um, and you're like, okay, this all makes sense now. Um, Yi Wei is in Wang uh, Shong's body now. Um, and he just is him now, not not either boy, but like both boys, just one person. And he's falling in love with um, Yu Xuan, who has never time traveled. She's in college. And it's like, you're like, this is exactly what I expected to happen. And now they're going to have like their decade long relationship before he passes away. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's still like, you know, a decade away. They get that. In. So long as that, that they are two playing along that string, you're like, well, yeah, there is that murder mystery thing that's happening in the other timeline, but we still don't know how she dies. Does she die? Does Yunru ever come back? We don't know. Like, those questions are in the background. <laughs> like, the drama is so smart that it doesn't tell you that the main plot is happening in the background. And <laughs> in everything else is a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a good point to talk about, like what the film does and the film the drama was from nine, uh, 2019 and the film came out last year um nisa hasn't watched it so we're not going to actually talk about it but it's it does that thing right like where that other story gets told and yeah, yeah watch it <laughs> okay i had yes. to actually leave i had to leave um, a gap between watching the main drama and watching the film. Although I did also leave a too long gap, which wasn't helpful. Like, watch it while you remember what happened in the drama. Um, but also at a, a slightly greater emotional remove so that you can sort of appreciate it as its own thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, it actually does help to put um, some weeks, months, if you can, mm-hmm. space between the two. Because time, like, with, with uh, Yuzhuan's character, like, time passes normally. Like, for this girl, like, stuff has happened in her life. And you need that space to allow, even for your own brain, to be like, this happened. Yeah, and like, decompress. This mm-hmm. new thing is, so there is time that has yeah. passed. So it's a good thing to uh, get, 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 give that space. But um, I, I do want to, even though we're not going to talk about the film like in, in a spoilery way, I mm. do want to uh, ask a couple of questions. One is, do you guys think this movie was necessary, not just as a fan service, because people were so in love with the drama? Gay fangirl, this one's for you. Do you think this <laughs> drama, like the story, uh, sorry, this movie, the story mm. was necessary, that it needed to be told? Strictly speaking, I wouldn't say it was necessary because I completely felt like this drama could stand on its own. It absolutely could. Although, you know, in the end, it's left a little open. But I think that's the beauty of this particular ending is that you can have various interpretations of it and it's, it's all fine. It's all good. Like your interpretation could be completely different from mine and it's still fine. That's, that's what it sets out to do. Um, but I was still glad that this movie existed. I I do think that the drama is um, better in the sense that you can, there's more meat to the plot and it's easier to follow as well um, and therefore more satisfying. But I will say, because I went to the movie theater to watch the movie when it came out, the moment Li Wei walked onto my screen, tears came to my it's eyes. True. And I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, like I knew that I liked this show a lot and I knew that I missed these characters a lot. But to have that visceral mm. reaction to having him walk onto the screen without actually open his, opening his mouth to like say anything yet, like I was very, very emotionally invested already. It's like I didn't know I missed these characters so much. And so it was a treat to revisit the world and have the movie explore what could have possibly happened after the credits stopped rolling in the series and after time had passed. Yeah, so I thought it was not 100% necessary, but very welcome and uh, not perfect, but still enjoyable. Do you think it messes with the, um, with, with like, you know how like the, the drama is like, by itself a whole meal mm-hmm. like yes you can the, the ending is open-ended so you can have different I- interpretation i mm. have very like i have a interpretation i will not allow anyone to mess with <laughs> but um it's do, do you think like the movie because of the existence of the movie of course that your open ending is not really that open anymore you're closing it you're telling me that this is you know how the story goes now mm-hmm. do you think it messes um it messes that up. It messes up the drama somehow, the ending of the drama, because it was not supposed to have like closure that way. Mm, I, okay, so when the movie, before the movie was released, uh, there was an article in my local newspaper where they interviewed uh, Greg Sue and Alice Kerr, and they asked them this question, like, is this a continuation of the drama? And I was intrigued by the answer because the answer that they gave was that it was not. They said it Mm -hmm. was not a continuation of the drama. They said it was the same world and the same characters, but it was not a continuation of the drama. And I said, that's kind of weird. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to 
create a whole new story using the same setting. Like I had no idea what to expect going into the movie. But then while I was watching the movie, personally, I felt it was a continuation because there were things in the movie that drew on stuff that happened in the drama. You know, like mm. assumptions that audiences knew what happened in the drama and that's why things were a certain way in the movie. And so I do think that in a way they're trying to say that this is not necessarily the ending that you want. But then again, this is one ending that could have happened. And so because at the end, you could have different interpretations. So theoretically, they could make different movies to suit the different interpretations. Oh my God, that would be just, that would be so... Uh, theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, they're just saying that this is one version of what could have happened. So here it is, yeah. you know, for you with like all the characters, except the creepy psychiatrist will spare you him. I yeah, guess I need to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's not in here. Um, so I think that if you kind of think of it that way, as it's not like it's not that the show's makers are saying that this is the ending, like even the main cast came out and said no it's not a continuation mm. right so you could just take it as one possible continuation that does not mean that your interpretation is uh, negated by the movie that they chose to put out yeah i think mm. yeah picking up from that i go oh sorry sorry you well, have something to say uh, yes yeah, yeah sorry go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I agree. I agree with uh, K Fan about everything. But also, I want to add that I don't think you could really enjoy the film without watching the drama because I think it does rely heavily on the emotional scaffolding that mm. it's built inside you mm -hmm. during the, your, like everything you went through in the drama. You have to bring it to the film. Otherwise, you mm. won't feel it the same way. And you probably would have a hard time following. Um, I, I was texting. I was, actually, I was texting <laughs> you last week when I was uh, like watching it. And, you know, I was like, um, I have no idea what's going on. It's so confusing. Everything is just bewildering. But I'm still here because I can't look away. And like, that's the experience you have while watching it. But I think what it also does is... It confirms, Sparma, like what you're saying, or what you said before about time travel being the real villain of the story, because that, I think, is kind of the hidden thesis of the film. Um, and like it reveals the drama as well. Mm. So I, I also don't see it as messing with canon, if you consider that the drama was, you know, the, the canon material. And it makes me think, sorry, I'm going to cite one more um, other text. Um, the anime Steins Gate, which I've been telling Borma for years to watch and she still hasn't. <laughs> so You've got me to watch one anime, patience. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is so good. <laughs> Steins Gate, I'm sorry, guys. If you love time travel, you have to watch Steins Gate. Um, so what Steins Gate has is it has its initial season. It has its one season. And then years later, there's another season. And that one is Steins Gate Zero. And that is the story of the other timeline. And it's, yeah, it's too good. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just like, every time I think about <laughs> it, I become speechless. 
among the best written time travel out there, Dark is one of them, although Dark is too dark and I don't even recommend it to people, uh, and Steins Gate. Like the, look at, like, the medium is completely different, but the story, the emotional impact, the way that it constructs its time travel, um, and the way that it really confronts the questions that time travel sets up. And, like, often, and particularly in K-dramas, time travel is used as a fantasy conceit. It's not used as, like, physics. And in some ways, like, Someday or One Day is more to the fantasy conceit than it is to the physics one. But it answers the questions and the problems that the idea, like the mechanics of time, time travel sets up. And mm. so in that way, I consider it like, although it's not even technically time travel, this is the type that you would call transmigration of the soul. Like your soul goes back, your memories go back into like mm. a body that already exists there. But it, it deals with the conundrums of time travel very directly. It doesn't like gloss over them in order to tell a different story. <sighs> Anissa. <laughs> yeah, on that note, I think we've been kind of talking around the ending of the drama, but let's talk about it. Like, what did you think of the ending? That whole, you know, the fact that she basically tells Mojin Jie to destroy the tape so that none of this ever happened and they didn't fall in love and she never time traveled and it's all reset to re real life, I guess, <laughs> normal life. like. What did, what did you all think about that? Break the loop. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. The only it. way That's... to win with the loop is to break the loop. Like, cut it off. And then none of it ever happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I... The, okay, this is like in the cleverness of the drama. Because, because then it works for people like me who are suckers for happy endings. And <laughs> I just cry if I don't get one. Is that the drama started by telling us that... Um, Yuzhuan and uh, Chen Sheng had a great relationship, a really, really loving, sweet relationship. They had years together. They were wonderful. They were just perfect together. They had time together. You started by telling us that these two have had time together. Yes, they were being torn apart and it's just not happening again. But like, you know, that the, they had time. They had a chance to love each other. And so, but everything else needs to be repaired. <laughs> so yeah, break the loop. I mean, at, at the end of the day, there was just such a high cost for that love and everybody else was paying it. And that is just not, that should not be what you're asking for. So I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was perfect. What about mm. you guys? I think it's important to, to realize that she broke the loop out of love, mm. that she didn't want these other people to suffer. She didn't want um, Zoe to have to die. Um, and if this loop continued, he would end up dying again, you know, and be attacked and be in pain and suffer all over again. And out of love, she didn't want, she wanted to protect him as well as, you know, protect, like, prevent Mo Jinjie from committing suicide. She wanted to protect the people that mattered to her, even if it meant that she would not be able to retain memories of them. So the the magnitude of that love, I found very touching. Very and at the same time, I com comforted myself because like you, Parma, I'm also very much for the happy ending. So I comforted myself with the thought that these two people have been demonstrated to be able to find each other 
regardless of the challenges that come across their way, like whether it's, you know, like finding themselves in a different body or whatever it is, they always seem to find a way to find each other. And so my, the thought that I was comforting myself with is that it's okay. You know, they still exist in the same time and space. And somehow I feel like they will find each other again under different circumstances. They would not remember each other, but there's that thing where the way seems to like he indicates that he remembers that he's forgotten someone important to him mm. and mm. and so I take that to mean that when he eventually meets Yushun again like that part of him will also realize that he's remembered the person mm. that he forgot so you know I console myself that regardless they'll find each other again somehow love will find a way and the drama I think it explicitly kind of communicates that through the characters as well, isn't it? That they find each other because they want to find each other. Mm. And I think also it does this thing, and it, this is particularly well demonstrated um, if you take the drama and the film together, that echoes of a past that didn't come to pass mm -hmm. continue to create these ripples in their existence and their consciousness. And like again, I think this is one of the really... Um, unique things that you do in, in time travel that you can put that kind of emotional uh, ripple into the story because mm. you know it's happened even mm -hmm. if they don't know mm -hmm. and, and you can sense them sensing this other like unlived life because mm. you know these the waves of those events are rippling across the timeline right and I agree with you Kefan girl that the ending of the story basically like the answer for Yushan is the best thing that she can do that demonstrates the like the depth of her love is the self-sacrifice mm. like that's the deepest expression of love that she can show towards him is by not being with him like it's you know we talk a lot about noble idiocy in in like K-dramas especially, but mm -hmm. like sometimes there's real nobility and like this was like a real act of, um, you know, the self-sacrifice for the sake of a love so great that you can't mm -hmm. put yourself individually before it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you just can't. Um, and the other thing that it makes me think of is to invoke one more drama is Goblin and Reaper and Sunny and that, you know, that ending and the way that, for example, in, in Goblin, is it a spoiler at this point to talk about their ending? It's been so many years. It just, no. <laughs> I don't you know, think I so. I give you permission. No, yeah, it's fine. Okay. I feel like the moratorium so, has passed. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the way that they couldn't be, like, Reaper and Sunny couldn't be together in that life because the pain was too great. But in their next life, they got to start again. And, like, the, the fate, you know, People who are meant to be together find each other. The way that that is the character's arc. But also that in their next life, they got to have the love without the pain. Mm. And that that was the choice that the characters made. Yeah. I noticed this one um, other thematic thing that I found very satisfying in how they chose to break the loops ultimately. Is that, you know how humanity often, we create something and it's monstrous and it's destructive 
Um, and then we tell ourselves, well, it's this great thing we have created. Yes, it's causing destruction, but we can fix it from the inside. Like, you know, the system needs to be repaired from the inside. We see, that we see this to ourselves often. And so we keep using this destructive device and trying to find the solution and fix the things that we are destroying by continuing to use the device. And this can be in the scientific field, in the fields of pretty much anything. Like I'm, I'm thinking of literal devices, like I don't know, um, oil fracking to like metaphorical devices, like government, government systems, just there are systems we create that are destructive, that create havoc and chaos and destruction. It's awful, but we tell ourselves we can't destroy it. We have to continue using it because that's progress and we must repair things as they are being destroyed, but then we are destroying more things. And that kind of felt like what the story was saying, mm -hmm. that you kind of got to destroy the thing that started all of yeah. the destruction. Yeah. Um, so I found that really satisfying from that perspective. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I think the ending was perfect. And it was also the only ending that wouldn't break sort of everything. I mean, happened. it's breaking the time travel, but it doesn't break the rules and the sort of internal logic of the drama, right? Like, I think yeah. it's the only mm -hmm. ending that we could have also that sort of, I don't want to say redeems the main character because I don't think that she's, done anything so bad as needing to be redeemed but at the same time like it allows her to regain that moral high ground that she feels that she kind of lost by when she sees what you know her time traveling the the sort of the consequences that all of that time traveling has had for like these other people that are in her and her orbit that she's you know and even like there's a part at the ending where she, where she talks about like she kind of recognizes that like she came into this trio of friends and she sort of mm. irreparably changed everything about their lives and and she's like that wasn't really my place like that wasn't really my spot to take and so by giving all of this up yes she has to make a really big sacrifice but it's also like her um Paying kind of giving back. back something that didn't originally yeah. belong to her and i think that that's mm. like part of her arc as the protagonist mm. And so I found it really satisfying from that perspective as well, in, in addition mm. to everything that the three of you have said. And I just want to say, like, that scene at the end of the drama was so perfect, where he, like, finds her and takes her home. I didn't need that, like, mm. extra mm. alternate, like, four and a half minute scene where it's his birthday and she's, like, oh. a minor and she's coming to, like, give him a cake. And I was like, why, <laughs> why are we doing that? Like... Well, okay, technically that's not part of the drama. That was like an add-on that the okay. production came yeah. up with just to console audiences a little bit because apparently uh, something happened. I can't remember. Wasn't it because the original the original ending was yes. leaked? Yes. Uh, even, yeah. even in, in the yes, beginning yes, of the yes. scene on YouTube, there's like this whole message from the production team. They're like, you know, piracy is not the answer yes, and we're really yes, heartbroken yes. that it was leaked and, you know, don't do this in the yes. future. Yeah. So this was like a, this like a little sort of gift to fans to console them on this thing um yeah. but i mean importantly they don't actually um, make this four minute thing at all relevant to the movie even though the movie mm -hmm. sort of continues the story like it clearly doesn't take that uh, uh that additional okay. snippet into account it's almost it's basically you can take it that it never happened yeah okay yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm happy with that <laughs> <laughs> um We've got a couple of minutes left, and that means 
we've got to the point of this episode where we are going to speculate very briefly on the K-drama version of this, which is due to come out on the 8th of September. And maybe by the time this episode comes out, that will already have started airing. Um, this The K-drama version is called uh, A Time Called You. It stars An Hyosop and Jon Yobin and Kang Hoon as the three central characters. Thoughts? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it either. I don't want An Hyosop. I'm sorry, like... I think nope. Jonathan is no. Okay. Again, come on. Do you remember uh, when they first announced his casting and I was like moaning to you guys over text about how I didn't want him cast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not the right that, person. He's not and, the right and person. The reason, the reason I was saying that was because I just couldn't see him giving us a similar range of expression and depth and nuance that we've seen yeah. from Greg Su in the various roles of various iterations of Li Ziwei and Wang Qiansheng. Mm. Um, I don't feel as bad about it now because I recently watched uh, Doctor Romantic 2 and 3 and he definitely shows more range there than I had originally believed that he had. So I'm feeling slightly more hopeful now. I still think that we could have had... Um, a stronger actor. Like at the time, I was like, "Can't we have Juno play this?" <laughs> because Juno or Huang Inyup or oh. someone who is able to do a lot of different things and be a lot yeah. of different and people. look youthful and mature. Huang Inyup, right? Such yeah. a great choice because Greg Su because he can ability. play the young version. I don't know about that because yeah. because you you need someone to be able to play high school and adult as well as someone like mm. in his forties. So yeah. you, I don't really yeah. see Huang Inyup being able to play that much older though I do believe he can honestly do the high school part without any problem I feel like you need someone who's like 30-ish in actual age who's able to age down and age up and who's able to act very convincingly like with lots of range and depth Mm. so I was thinking Juno because he's at the right age and he's proven himself with the red sleeve I mean Juno is perfect casting I hadn't thought of that yeah that's that's who I would would who I would like to see take on the challenges of this role but I'm now I've gotten over it you know I mean, also, it's the match, right, between the male lead and the female lead, where, like, I don't think that An Hyosup and Jan Yobin, like, I can't even picture them together. Yeah, like, the, I, I, the I don't vibe see it. different energy. Yeah. We have seen snippets of them together, right? Um, A little where, bit. Like, like cutesy snippets and it's and it's cute but that that's not where the real chemistry comes from it's when they aren't in a Mm. relationship that's like all of their other interactions is what brings them together and like so much of this drama is rooted in that high school part of it i i don't know i don't i don't feel like both of them are too polished okay so i'm gonna guess that the K-drama is probably not going to do as good of a job. And basically, the key here is, even in the first trailer they put out, they're giving away Mm. the entire story. Like, with, you know, Saya, you were saying that when you watched the trailer or you read the synopsis for Someday or One Day, you were like, what is this about? I don't understand. I don't get it. And I actually revisited the trailer today just to like remind myself like what did they actually put out you know and it doesn't give anything Mm. away it just makes you feel like okay she she misses him but you don't actually understand why and she Mm. wants to see him again but you also don't really know what that's about and there's like a sequence where 
you know, the people and the bus moves backwards, but you also don't really know what that's mm. about. And that's it. That's all they show you. Mm. And you just go in thinking, I don't know, but I'm curious. Whereas if you look at the trailer that the K-dramas put out, it tells you everything pretty much. It gives you the entire premise. And I feel like that ruins it. Yeah, I saw the K-drama trailer like when I was on like episode six or something and I had to stop watching it because I was like, whoa, this is... Too much information. I'm not finished. Right. Someday or one day yet. And you've already watched like six episodes, you know? It's not like you're like at the beginning. So even at six episodes, you found that it was too spoilery. So I'm like, dang, you like they obviously whoever put this trailer together doesn't understand that part of the beauty of this story is going into it blind. Like going into Mm. the unknown and discovering it piece by piece and figuring it out as you go. Like Clearly, they don't understand that. And if they don't understand it, I don't have confidence that they'll be able to give us a solidly enjoyable story, unfortunately. I, I'm hopeful, but I'm also doubtful, basically. <laughs> hopeful, but doubtful. I like it. But I do wonder if this is uh, because, I mean, the Taiwanese, the original was huge in Korea. Like, they loved it to death. So maybe it assumes everyone already knows the story. Mm. That's a possibility, I don't But it's, it, this is not like Sherlock Holmes, where you already actually know. Like, nobody, if somebody has never even read a single thing, seen, I don't know, a movie, nothing about Sherlock Holmes, they still know who Sherlock Holmes is. Yeah. This is not one of those things. When you start... With the assumption that, hey, the plot is already known, so let us make it the entire trailer. I'm on uh, Key Fan Girls. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the trailer, so I'm just trying to figure out why they did that. I would would really love to hear your thoughts after you check out the trailer. Because it literally literally (laughs) tells you, like, a lot, you know. And, And honestly, that's not fair to audiences because... As we've mentioned, Someday or One Day came out in 2019. And for some of us here, you know, you only watched, like Anissa, you only just watched it now in 2023. It was new to you. Imagine if you had come across, like, you know, someone like just laying everything out just because the the story's a few years old, then you would have missed out on the thrill of figuring Mm -hmm. it out for yourself. Like, how, what? I, this is shortchanging audiences because there are people who have just come into dramas who have not watched Someday or One Day, you know? you know? The other thing I wonder is that sometimes when a storyline is very complex, they maybe they don't trust the audience to stay with them until, you know... That's true. I think K-dramas are insecure that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they definitely are. They don't have that un, you know, that unstated, like understated, mm-hmm. natural cool that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, they want you to think K-dramas, they're cool. They are. That's like they tend to have some insecurity built into them because they are so hungry for the ratings. Like they want mm-hmm. to keep audiences. Yeah. They're so like it's so important to them. But you yeah. don't get that sense with the Taiwanese dramas. It's like. I just trust that you stay with me. It's like that boy in high school who used to have perfect hair and then you find out like he secretly goes to the bathroom and checks his hair after every class. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. I like also, that. I have <laughs> a really I have a really cynical um that prediction. Two cynical predictions. One is that, you know, the flash I was talking about that K dramas do, where like it's time travel is full of heroic moments where the 
Like there is this, as you said, reveal, not cliffhangers. Like they do a reveal, but it's a splashy, heroic reveal. Like, oh, you thought this was happening, but the heroes did this. And, and now the look whole how story smart turned, we like, are. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to make that happen here. Wait and watch. Yeah. And also, and this is like, this is the, this is the part of me that is just, it, it's a part, it's like, it's like, you know, I have fondness for a younger sibling, but the younger sibling is just, it does a lot of stupid things. This is how I feel about Kate Ramos when I talk like this. So it's not from a bad place. <laughs> um, I suspect that the, even if they have the original ending, somehow, somehow, they're going to mess it up. Yeah. They're going to... Looking at you, Sisyphus. Yeah. They're, they're going to be <laughs> like, listen, we're about to give you a happy ending. It's going to be there. They're going to do gonna one scene too many. No, no. And you're going to be like, if you had just stopped yes, 30 seconds but also, ago. Yes, but you would have been like, please stop like three episodes back. Why are we here? <laughs> but in but fairness. Also, they, no, 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 no. Let, let me finish my hypothesis because we will come back to it once this drama has released. And they are going to make you think we're going to have a happy ending. And then in the end, they are going to pull up Dodo, Sol, Sol, Lala, Sol or something like that. Oh, it's just, no, it's going to be, say it. Well, it's I going have, to be terrible. I have two Sorry, points to, of refutation, which, you know, we can all be wrong. One, it's, it is 12 episodes. So there's not as much, like, um, leeway for them to mess, to mess it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So with limited screen time, there's limited opportunities to ruin it. Not to say that it can't be done, but we can contain the disaster. Don't make it a challenge. (laughs) Don't put that out into the universe, Saya. Secondly, though, um, it's directed by the director of Just Between Lovers uh, and of My Country, The New Age, and um, I Remember You. So this is a capable director. Although the screenwriter seems like a rookie, but also there is a source material. Like, mm-hmm. don't mess it up, Kid Roma, please. I am okay. going to watch All it. Right. Are you guys going to we'll, watch we'll it? We'll see. At least a couple of episodes. Yeah, I will check it out. I, I do. I do. My check it expectations out. are under the ground. It's it's <laughs> digging its way into the core of the earth right now. And if it then surprises me, imagine how happy I would yeah, be. Yeah, like I think that's the right approach to take. Back up is there is a lot of space there. I just wanted to say that I think Kang Hoon is well cast as Mo Jin Jie's role. I agree. I, I agree. After I seeing agree. him in Little Women, I agree. He, he's he's he is one of the castings I'm really happy about. And also, John Yubin, I really like her. And I suspect she's going to like bring her weight in. Like She's going to put her weight. She's going to do she's her best. Incredibly she's incredibly versatile. Oh, yeah. I have no complaints woman. about John Yubin. I have no complaints about her. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. So I am really happy that she's getting cast in such a like a mainstream, like a big drama like as the main lead. I mean, yes, Vincenzo, but uh, she was like a supporting sidekick in some ways. Yes, I know you disagree with me, Nisa. Hush. But (laughs) this is like proper romantic main lead billing, right? And I'm so happy she's here because she deserves it. Um, But as, you know, we've all stated, let's wait and watch. Okay, guys, we did a really nice, long, juicy episode on this. And we are going to do a follow-up once this drama comes out. If this drama is worth talking about. Otherwise not. (laughs) Um, And so, guys, final words. Uh, Let's start with you, Gay Fango. Uh, Okay, so I did want to just mention, as someone who has embarked on her third watch of Someday or One Day, it is very, um, it's worth the rewatch. Because I thought that I had gleaned all there was to glean from the two watches that I did. Because I wrote a review the first time around, and then I did episode notes, breaking down every episode for the second watch. And I thought that that was detailed enough. But this watch 
which I got halfway through, I still found myself picking up stuff uh, on the third watch. And so it really is one of those shows that's worth revisiting. It's, like, it's not one of those one and done shows where it's like, aha, uh-huh, gotten to the end, really loved it, we'll never watch it again. I personally, <laughs> that's not that kind of a show for me. And so if you've seen it once, I do suggest trying it again at some point because I think you'll get more out of it the second time around. Hmm. I think that would be all of our closing words. Like, yeah. Yeah. we watch it once you're done watching it. And also watch the movie, but after giving it some space. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't watched it already. And skip the skip the YouTube uh, extra four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That is it, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us, Cape Fangirl. Thank you for having um, me. And thanks to all of you for, like, pushing me to finally start this drama. Because <laughs> it's been on my list, but I was like, I knew it was sad. I didn't know anything about it, but I knew it was sad. So I was, like, putting it off. And so... <laughs> I didn't know it was sad. Like I said, all I knew was time travel humans. <laughs> and I started watching. All, all I, I knew, knew was, was time good. travel epic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even really know it was time travel. All I was told is it was good mm. and that it was worth watching. That's yeah, I, I mean, I think that's all you need to know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So K-Fangirl, where can people find you on the internet if they want to read all of your amazing um, Someday or One Day reviews and a thousand more? Okay, uh, well, I am at thefangirlverdict.com. That's where you'll find my blog. I'm also on Twitter, KFangirl. That's my handle. Uh, girl with a U, not an I. <laughs> and then on Instagram, I am the Fangirl Verdict. And on Facebook, I'm also the Fangirl Verdict. Find me there. Yes, go check her out. And you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me at Not Now Saya. You can find me at Anisa Khalifa underscore. And you can find me, Porma, at The Drama Notes. You can find us on Instagram at dramasoverflowers underscore. Email us <laughs> at dramasoverflowers <laughs> at gmail.com. And, and um, we're on Facebook as Dramas Over Flowers. And our website is dramasoverflowers.net. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Link is down below in the description. Or you can just go straight over to dramasoverflowers.substack.com. And that's it. That's it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. That's it. Send us your thoughts about Sunday or one day. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Bye. 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 Sorry, my dog is here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cookie, no, no, not now. Not now, darling. Not now. So cute. Not now, okay. No. Turn over for a tummy rub. But the, pro- the problem is she's a pug. And so she breathes really loudly. And that's gonna, if I let her stay here. Cookie, darling. Like, if I let her stay, she's gonna, like, it's gonna... It's gonna pick we'll up. We'll be able to hear her. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry. We like Maybe we welcome don't. animal guests. Yeah. yeah okay. th- these two don't have uh, an option with my menagerie, so don't worry. About it. <laughs> Can you hear her grunting? Cookie stay. So cute. Cookie. <laughs> no, 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 not, not now, not now. I'm busy, 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 busy. God's sake. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Forma's just glad it's not her this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I hope she doesn't make too much noise. Um, she won't bark. It's just that she breathes really loud. <laughs> so do we. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, darling. No, 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 no. This way. This way. This way. This way. This way. This way. Okay. There you go. Okay. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.
Sorry for the interruption. I don't remember what no, I was it's saying. It's totally fine. Oh, oh you're talking about the how the Taiwanese, Taiwanese dialect is like Saturi and that is connected oh, with less. Okay, 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 okay. So uh, let let me try to say that again. <laughs>